0: Welcome to Jake's Happy Nostalgia Show, the podcast where nostalgia comes alive. Since July of 2021, Jake and his friends have interviewed professionals in the worlds of acting, directing, writing, puppeteering, and many more. Who will they be chatting with in this week's interview? Find out in this Jake's Happy Nostalgia Show episode.
1: Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of Jake's Happy Nostalgia Show, where nostalgia comes alive. I'm your host, Jake Duffenbaugh, With me to today, as always, our co-hosts, Chris Bixby and Matt Bingle. How are you guys doing? We're good, Jakey. How are you? Awesome. I'm doing great. Thank you. Great. And who do we have today? What do we have today? Well, She's a voice actress, she's also a voice director, and as well as as a vocal coach. She's a part of lots of projects, which we will definitely talk about, including Arthur, Sagwa, Wimsy's House, and a bunch of others. Please welcome Holly Gothier-Frankel. Happy to have you here, Holly. How are (laughs) you? Thank
2: you. you. I'm doing well. I'll give you a little, uh, it's Gautier, just so you know.
1: Um, I'll give you that
2: little French soupçon right away. But uh, it's very nice to be here. Thank you for having me.
1: Yes, a pleasure. Happy to have here. Happy to have here. You. Yes. So to kick things off, we know who you are. But for those who don't, would you care to introduce yourself a little bit?
2: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm a voice actor. I've been a voice actor since I was about seven years old. I'm located in Montreal, Quebec in Canada. And uh, I come from um, kind of a musical family. Uh, my parents were both professional musicians and my mom is a singer. My dad uh, was a drummer. My stepdad's a drummer. My brother's a drummer. We're all kind of artists in the family. And so we just sort of naturally progressed that um, when I was about seven, I started doing uh, singing for commercials on the radio, radio jingles, which doesn't really exist anymore. (laughs) But yeah, um, yeah. yeah, we would do children's choruses. Um, And then that sort of just morphed into getting auditions for voice acting. Um, in those days, there was a lot of dubbing in Montreal. Um, now there's been a resurgence of dubbing with, uh, I guess, with the pandemic. You know, Netflix has a lot of content and there's a lot mm. of dub movies coming out. So, um, yeah, I, I, I pretty much just started when I was seven and I I haven't stopped ever since then. <laughs> And yeah, I've been very fortunate to get to work on all kinds of different cartoons and movies and commercials and everything. It's been great. Awesome.
0: Nice. So can you talk about what your background was like and how did you grow up?
2: Yeah, I mean, I grew up uh, speaking English in a predominantly French-speaking province. So it's a bit of a strange existence here in Montreal. Montreal is a fairly cosmopolitan city. There is like an amount of bilingualism that happens, but there really is like a divide between the French side and the English side. I've done a bit of crossover into French. I, I do do some work in French, I do speak French, but professionally speaking, I, I was pretty much always doing English stuff. So the, there's a real little niche here for that, um, luckily. Uh, And I did, you know, regular schooling. I didn't do um, theater school or anything like that because my parents were sort of involved in the arts. I had access to some private teachers for voice and I studied dance and I I really wanted to do musical theater when I was young. So I wanted to do kind of Broadway stuff. So I I trained to be able to do that. I had a bunch of different tracks going at the same time. I had my singing track and I had my dancing track and I was doing the voice acting. So I was kind of getting a sense of it all. And um, in my teens, uh, I got some agents and and started getting more work. Uh, And yeah, basically now I'm in my 40s and (laughs) I've evolved uh, into being able to be fortunate enough to do voice directing as well. Um, for video games, for animated series, uh, for a lot of dubbing, as well. I'm uh, I'm going to be teaching some classes. I do coaching, as you said. I I, um, I help people do voice demos and give advice to people who want to get started in in the voice work industry. But because I'm in such a specific place, um, and in Canada, you know, there it's the, the advice kind of morphs depending on where you are. There, like they the scene is different mm-hmm. in every in every state, in every province, in each country. But yeah, that's a bit about me. I've just sort of always been involved in the arts. I feel very lucky. Awesome. Wonderful.
3: awesome. So growing up before becoming a voice actress, did you have any favorite cartoons you watched as a kid?
2: Oh yeah. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I was really a Disney kid for sure. Um, I was deeply immersed in the world of The Wizard of Oz. My family, my dad had a VHS recorder when we were growing up, like in the early 80s, which I think was pretty rare for a lot of families at the time. So he would tape a lot of stuff um, for me, a lot of different cartoons a lot of Looney Tunes, a lot of Hanna-Barbera cartoons. And I remember Ooh. there was, um, and I've tried to find it since actually, I, I don't know who can do a deep dive on this, but it's um it's a very specific, I believe it was a 50th anniversary special um, about Hanna-Barbera specifically. And it showed a lot of those actors in the studio. I found one, it's not the one there's two anyway, I can't remember the name of it, but it was like a behind the scenes with, dawes butler and a lot of very very old school kind of voice actors so oh wow i remember watching that a lot uh, because i had it on vhs and being very fascinated by that and a lot of the disney shorts um oh yes you know i liked i liked a lot of those i think i just always had that in my head as a kid and you know seven is pretty young to start so I think my my childhood and my job kind of merged and uh I didn't start doing kind of funny cartoony voices until I was about 10 or 11 though so I would say that you know <laughs> I had a I had a grace period I just sort of started singing but I was very musical I played piano I I love running around the house making up actually podcasts uh, as we now know them. I would, I had a little Fisher Price recording device and I would, uh, I would make up all kinds of stories and, and sing little uh-huh. songs and interviews with oh, wow. my brother. And oh, yeah. Cool. So I think cool. I was always an audio, audio kid. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. 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 If anybody can find that special, please send it our way. Thank you.
2: Yeah. yeah it's, cool I can't, go. I can't remember. Honestly, I, I must have been watching it in around 1982 two or three so at that time it was either it was either a 30th anniversary at that time or a 50th anniversary but I think anyway it's it's really niche and I don't know it would probably be on somebody's uh, on a VHS somewhere it wouldn't be something that Hanna-Barbera had ever reissued and I don't actually know if there was anything you know controversial or non-PC like
4: Mm, about about
2: it so I don't know if it would have been you know allowed to be shown or whatever but it's it right. was definitely an interesting nugget it permeated a lot of my childhood so nice yeah mm-hmm. very nice
1: yeah. Nice. wonderful mm-hmm. so can you talk about how you were inspired to get into voiceover
2: I mean I think it's hard to know really because I wasn't super conscious of that in in my early days you know I think I was pretty susceptible to being surrounded by adults who were quite amused by the things I was doing and and very, you know, they were very supportive of me and they wanted me to do a good job. And I really liked the attention, Um, but I definitely liked the imagination aspect of it. And so I think it just sort of naturally flowed. I remember the first time I did kind of like a little girl voice when i was still a little girl was like i said when i was 11 in in a school play in grade 6 or something and people were like whoa how do you do that and i said <laughs> i don't you know i don't know i did like a baby voice and they were like whoa that's cool and i just sort of thought yeah. oh yeah i guess i guess that's what it is um <laughs> but i i mean i i i loved like i said i loved the disney princesses at the time and i loved all the all the kooky characters that I was you know watching on television I mean you know and I was a big I was a He-Man kid and a Shira kid and I watched you know the originals <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. you know before they had to revamp of all of those so I think yeah. I just I just had a, a an overactive imagination and that's what kept inspiring the the wheel to keep turning and I was very lucky that I kept getting opportunities to to practice and to learn and uh you know i know you've interviewed some of my friends uh, who are also here in montreal danny Brochu and bruce dinsmore and there's a whole little world of people here um that have been my mentors and my teachers and my friends i'm very lucky to call them friends and they influenced me a lot and i learned a lot from from all of them you know so i think it was just a a self-perpetuating thing that uh, that luckily was always sort of around, which not a lot of people get to say, you know, I know it mm-hmm. can be so hard for people coming out of theater school. Some people don't go to theater school and they just want to break in. Um, so I'm, I'm very aware of how lucky I was to just sort of constantly be siphoned. I, I didn't mm-hmm. have much of a, you know, I had a childhood that was geared towards performing. I will say that, you know, I was always doing some kind of training for the next thing uh so i I possibly uh i don't know (laughs) i didn't have a lot of time just meandering around the neighborhood necessarily Mm but uh yeah
3: definitely that's definitely awesome you you had mentioned you had done like well kids voices but do you remember what your first professional voice over role was
2: yeah well yeah so if we're talking about voice acting I think Mm -hmm. you can find this one. Um, It was a dubbing job, and I was 10 years old, and it was called Reach for the Sky, I think. And I played uh, a Romanian gymnast, and her name was Karina Tanase, and She it was pretty brutal, you know, I don't know if they're going to show this movie anymore. But yeah, you know, it sort of showed the, the, the rigors of, of being a gymnast in, in a kind of austere uh, 80s version of Romania. Maybe it was even set in the 70s. I'm not sure. Um, but I got to work with an amazing uh, director who since passed away, passed away many, many years ago. His name was Jim Bauman, and he directed a lot of stuff in Montreal uh, in the 80s possibly in the seventies as well. And yeah, he hired me. He had these very intense eyes and he was this little older man and he um, he was a real taskmaster, you know, and there was a lot of very technical stuff in that movie. So I remember it well because I learned pretty much almost everything I know. um, From Jim, from another voice, incredible voice actor and director named Kathleen Fee, who was also in the movie. um, And from Tim Reed, another uh, voice director who's also passed away. Kathleen is still with us, thankfully. But um, yeah, Jim was instrumental in teaching me everything I knew. And I remember at the time you know, the dubbing is so specific because you have to be able to read really quickly. You have to be able to read the text as it's going by on this rhythm, rhythmic band, celluloid band. And it's all in this very strange cursive writing, which most people don't even know how to read now. So it's like this right. very niche thing. And I was 10 and I was wildly intimidated by this intense man who was constantly just staring at me and, you know, making sure I was on it. Probably I was a bit hyper too. Um <laughs> And yeah, he was teaching me how to breathe into the microphone because, you know, this character had gymnastics to do. And so I had to perform a lot of very, you know, movement-based things and understand how the breath of the character worked. And I remember having trouble panting really hard. Um, so <laughs> wouldn't do this with a kid today, but he had me run up and down like three flights of stairs several times. And he said, all right, when you get back, you run straight to the mic and then we're going to press record and you're going to go. <laughs> um,
4: <laughs> so I definitely
2: remember that very vividly. And I did it because I was also training, you know, in dancing. And so I was a very obedient little girl and I wanted to get it right. Um, but it, you know, it's funny. I, I found it on YouTube. I think a few years ago, I'm sure you can find it on YouTube unless they've li- they've removed it. But I, uh, I remember my emotional state at that time you know i hear my little voice and i really remember that kid and i remember that time very well and it's uh it's i'm happy that it exists still i'm happy that there's like some record of it because it was a really seminal moment for me it really set me on the path of like wanting to get good at dubbing and wanting to understand what this weird beast was you know you're watching this but you're watching the picture and your eyes are doing this rapid eye movement kind of thing and and it's just such a specific thing and i don't think that they do it quite the same way in different places, you know, they, they have a system in France to do it there and they have a system in LA um, to do it there. There's like another kind of technology. Now it's all digital, but back then it was like written, handwritten on celluloid. And sometimes, you know, the band would snap off the reel and we'd have to stop. Then, you know, we'd have to put it back together. Sometimes the celluloid would melt from the projector being too hot, things like that, weird kind of analog things that really we don't we don't deal with now. Um, so yeah, <laughs> it's kind of fun. So that is my first really specific memory. I mean, I do remember that I, I enjoyed singing the jingles as well, because we were a pile of kids just singing about hot dogs and cornflakes and Cheerios and things like that. You know? <laughs> that was really fun too. <laughs>
0: Nice. nice. So, one of your most known roles, of course, is voicing the character Fern in Arthur. How, mm-hmm. how did how did that come about?
2: You know, <laughs> I think it probably just came about where I I was asked to audition. I remember vaguely being about possibly sixteen or seventeen years old, uh, maybe. I want to say 16 or 17. I think that's when it kind of happened. I don't know if any of you guys can can uh, time check the date, but I, I wasn't in a lot of the first season as far as I know. I think they brought me in later. I wasn't part of the main crew. And I don't think Fern was meant to stick around for very long. I think she was just hmm. kind of there to Like be, a minor
0: character. Uh,
2: like a minor character who who was this archetypal kind of shy girl, um, they, I know they wanted to have a character who was you know sort of more shy and you know she'd had incidents where she'd wet the bed and things like that like Fern w- really went on a journey but it was also around the same time where they were doing uh, a lot of singing in the show and so I remember because I, I could sing uh, the part kept getting a little bigger and then eventually They, um, they just, yeah, they just kept calling me in and they kept writing the part for me. And, and I was, I mean, you know, I don't have confirmation and that's exactly how it all went down. I'd have to (laughs) maybe ask Mark Brown, but I don't, uh, (laughs) I wouldn't do that, (laughs) but I just felt lucky that they kept writing me in because initially it wasn't supposed to be that big a part um and then you know she evolved to writing her fernlets and and then her poetry and then her stories with uh, virgule uh, virgul watteau her you know her kind of hercule poirot character and so i really loved the way the character got to evolve and the singing was really fun you know um we got to do uh, an album we actually did it yes right album which i <laughs> really love and um I got to sing that kind of punky version of Silent Night, which ended up actually being uh, kind of controversial um, because I was sort of screaming (laughs) some, uh, like they only, they didn't, I mean, there was no profanity or anything, but people kind of were upset by how, (laughs) abrupt uh i was with some of the screaming of uh, you know kind of a religious uh christmas song <laughs>
4: mm-hmm. so
2: we got in a little bit of hot water but i you know I, I stand by it i loved it and then you know we did the the backstreet boys special
4: yes oh, i love yes! that yes, yes. Yeah. yes. So
2: that oh, was gosh. sort of a surprise at the time and then when they revealed that that's what it was going to be i felt You know, very intimidated and because everything was always happening, you know, in Montreal and then also in the States, I think in, in Boston and in various places in the States, you know, we never met the Backstreet Boys, but I recorded my tracks first and then the Backstreet Boys got the track. And I remember somebody giving me feedback and saying, Oh, they listened to your, your, you know, your bed and they thought you were really good. And I thought, Oh, cool. You know, the Backstreet Boys <laughs> think I'm good at singing. Yay. So that, Yay. Was-, <laughs> oh,
0: that's so that cool. was an interesting that's, that's wonderful.
2: moment. Yeah. You know, like little moments like that always stand out and Mm i i yeah i just feel so happy that i i get to i I, you know we did a we did the podcast version
1: yeah um, yeah the arthur podcast yeah
2: that's right right. and that was really nice to be able to revisit because it was quite bittersweet when it ended oh yeah uh, Yeah, uh, it was a really good run though you know not not a lot of people can say that they get to do uh something for about 20 25 years you know <laughs>
0: yeah i mean i think the only like really long-running show that's still on is like sesame street or something yeah them.
2: yeah and i guess the simpsons you know there's oh, that, yeah, simpsons, that's its, yeah that's mm-hmm. a whole cool other niche spectrum mm-hmm. of uh of popularity and stuff but yeah I'm uh I'm very 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 happy to be involved with the Arthur world, and I'm I'm always happy to hear from them. The crew is so nice. All the people involved are just deeply kind, and they I'm happy, you know, because they really embody the values of the show. They've never deviated from from anything. They're really about inclusion and diversity and
4: mm-hmm. and
2: kindness and community. Yes so definitely.
4: I, I feel very
2: yes. happy about that. For
3: yeah. Sure. Yes. For sure. Mm-hmm. So when you started working on Arthur, did you have any idea that it would become one of the most popular kids shows on television?
2: No way. No, you know, we just, we were happy for the work. We were always kind of baffled that it kept going. And I mean, and again, because I was sort of, A peripheral character. I wasn't like a Danny Brochu buster, you know. I wasn't, and you know, sometimes we wouldn't know the Arthur necessarily because he would be in Toronto as the actors would age out of the character. You know, there was sort of we wouldn't we wouldn't always see each other. You know, I know Danny talked about how we would all get together and do rehearsals together, and Mm -hmm. we would all record in the same room. And then you know, eventually with technology changing, that changed, and they started doing things more remotely. But no, it just sort of became this gift that kept on giving, and I, uh, <laughs> I just kind of rolled with it. I, I was always just like, okay, cool, you know. And I would get fan mail once in a while and think, whoa, that's
1: wow, that's really ah. intense,
2: <laughs> you know. I'd get handwritten letters, and um, yeah, it was it was special. But I had no idea at the time. It just sort of it was it was another job, and I was very grateful to have the job. But I, I was just very professional and. Wanted to do a good job, so. <laughs> nice.
0: Yeah. So, so now you mentioned the uh, Backstreet Boys special, but do you have any, like, favorite Arthur episodes?
2: Ooh. You know what? I, I don't have any specific ones. I'm sorry to say that I, I, I really... I feel like the whole. I this feels like a cop out, but it, like I would say <laughs> that the Backstreet Boys episode is one of my favorites, obviously, because it's, it's mine. Yeah. Um, I remember <laughs> really Boys loving, too. you know, Backstreet Boys, but I remember loving the one where Fern wet the bed. I really love all of the ones where she writes her mystery stories and does these Fernkenstein oh, yeah. story mm-hmm. hybrids. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I love the ones that have become any kind of iconic episode for anybody else you know
0: i mean the musical one
2: the musical one was amazing
0: that was great
2: um mr rapper and getting married is amazing you know uh, yeah, yeah there's there's yeah. too many to name and uh no i'm sorry i'm gonna be a disappointment on this one i don't have one that's okay one. i love them <laughs> no worries <all>. that's okay <laughs> yeah
0: they're, they're all good it's okay <laughs> but, but to well, me, they're too many awesome. to choose
1: from there are so lots good episodes from, so you
0: No.
4: Know? Yeah. yeah, I
0: mean, there are only hundreds.
4: Yeah, only all, hundreds.
1: Only hundreds. <laughs> like, it. uh, Like, it's very tough to, like, how many episodes are there, you know, whole show, and you have to pick only one episode. That's very hard.
2: Yeah. No, you don't even have to
3: pick
1: one. I'm you really know, bad just,
2: at that. You know, when even... people ask me what my favorite anything is, I'm like, only one favorite? I can't. Yeah. give you top five yeah. or three or 12. Yeah, like... top five.
3: <laughs> exactly. Top five would do, not just I one. I can't.
2: I can't do exactly. it. Exactly. So all no. of them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, awesome. So, thanks. Okay, so this is very interesting. Besides your own, do you have a favorite Arthur character?
2: I love. <laughs> it's gonna love, be the same answer. I isn't love it? <laughs> Buster. I love Binky. Oh, of course. I love yes. Francine. Um. Yeah, I'll go with Buster, Binky, and Francine. Obviously, I love Arthur. Um. Everyone always makes me laugh a ton. Um, I love Muffy Cheese. This is a hard question, you guys. I, <laughs> I, uh, if I had to pick one, I think I would pick maybe even Binky because he's just oh, like great, you know yeah. tough and yeah. misunderstood, and he's, he just wants, <laughs> he just wants to do the right thing, you know, and he's yeah. he's very well meaning. No, nah, but then you know, then you got Buster. I don't know, guys. <laughs> Too hard. Why make me decide? All of them. Francine. Francine's great. Why? No, I can't do this. I refuse it. I refuse to pick. Don't make me pick. I do love them all. I, I really yeah. do think that that. It's an amazing cast of tight-knit friends. And I, I'm a big ensemble person. I really love, like, the whole group of of something.
0: Yeah. You know? and, yeah, and Buster's great. And not a lot, a lot of people talk about it nowadays, but the spinoff show that he got, Postcards from Buster. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that was a great show.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: I was very happy great to show. be involved in some of those episodes as well. Yeah. 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 Nice. Really awesome. Cool... Yeah, it was a cool... A cool spinoff and a cool kind of hybridization and talking mm-hmm. to real kids, you know. Yeah. I again, yeah. I thought that was a really great, uh, a great, a great initiative.
1: Yeah, yeah and it's great. You know, Buster can have his, you know, style what he wants to do, you know, and yeah, you know, for his for his show, you know. So it's really wonderful to do that.
2: Exactly, Buster. Yeah. Be,
1: I don't know why. It'd be kind of cool if they could do that for banking you know, and all those all those characters. Wouldn't
2: that be nice? Yeah, we yeah. can all get our own little season.
1: Yeah. On, yeah. Put it
2: out there. Put it out there, Arthur Verse.
1: <laughs>
2: come on. Start yeah. ready to jump WGBH and get it going again. Come on. Yeah. Come
1: on. Yeah. Come on. Let's, let's do it.
2: Let's do it. I won't, it won't look bad on my end at all that I'm asking for more. No, (laughs) won't look opportunistic in any way.
0: (laughs) So so now another uh, uh, voiceover role that you're most known for is voicing the lead character Sagwa in Sagwa the Chinese Siamese Cat. What was it like kind of getting your own uh, lead character in the show?
2: You know what? I have like, it was amazing. It was amazing. I met Amy Tan and it was like amazing and uh but I was scared I think I was quite young still I was like about 21 22 and uh there were it was a lot of pressure um I mean we obviously had a lot of fun I loved everybody that I worked with I loved I loved working with the director Terrence Scammell and I loved uh you know my co-stars but I did feel nervous um, because it did feel like big stakes a lot of the time. It did feel like a lot of eyes were on that project. So I remember just really wanting to be diligent um, and good with the voice. It was quite a high voice at the time. And so I, you know, a lot of the job is like making sure you're in the right zone and, and checking, especially cause we had some Mandarin to speak. And so I wanted to make sure that I had the accent right but again, very fun. Definitely learned a lot. It was, you know, kind of a, a a high a high stakes thing, like I said, and I had never really had anything like that. But again, it was pre-internet, so we we knew we had a hit, um, and I believe it won a couple of. Uh, Might have been nominated for an Emmy or two. Same with Arthur, you know. I received oh, yeah. oh. some Emmy certificates, and I was sort of blown away by that. Um, you know, even though we're just part of sort of like a more technical background team, mm-hmm. it's still really special to be called out and, and, you know, rewarded for something like that. Being part of that team was really cool. I think, I th- yeah, also like it was just, it was a different time, you know, and, and sensitivity wise, like obviously everybody was very careful and we did have, um, a lot of Canadian, Asian Canadian actors who were involved out of Vancouver. Um, And a handful here in Montreal, but I think, quite frankly, if someone had approached me now, like no one would approach me now for that kind of role and I wouldn't want them to, you know, I really, I really kind of think would have been much better to find like a whole cast of, of, you know, Asian actors to be able to play those parts. And again, it was, it was the time we have a lot more inclusivity and, and sensitivity now. Um, and I'm not saying I regret it, and and I am certainly, uh, you know, very thankful. But I, I wonder if they ever did a reboot of that, like what that would be now. I would like to see that. Yeah. now. I would like to yeah. watch that'd be, that. Now. That'd be awesome. You know, and be. have have just more, yeah, more diversity, and yeah. And, but I again, like, I feel like
1: it'll be worked for for new I, kids, th- I think generation. it would generation. Def- I I think
2: it
0: might work
1: because, you know,
0: since we're in the world of reboots, I do see a lot of reboots of shows that are based on books.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
4: Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah.
2: Um, You know, and yeah, there's just like a whole new crop of of voice actors coming up. And so I think it's just Mm, it's ripe for for rebooting i don't know i mean maybe me is working on something else but i love i mean you know i do i do have a very soft spot for for sagwa and i you know Mm. i had a stuffed animal and there was merchandise and that had never happened that's crazy yeah Yeah. it was really was really special and again like i never i would never look that uh overlook that as you know i wouldn't be like cavalier about it but it it uh yeah, it set me, it set me on more and more of a path into this world. And so I'm, uh, I'm very conscious of, of having gotten that role and and the opportunities it afforded me. Um, yeah, I loved it. I loved it. That's,
1: that's (laughs) That's wonderful.
0: It was a good show. And you mentioned, uh, Saga merchandise. Saga merchandise I've seen is pretty hard to come by now.
2: Is it? Oh my yeah.
0: gosh! You yeah. maybe if you know
2: better than I would <laughs> tell me like, all about it. Because like, <laughs> if you go
0: on eBay and search up, like, say, Sagua plush, like, oh, he, to get one new, it would probably cost like two hundred dollars. Oh
2: poop! What? I what? Gave mine away. <laughs>
1: uh, oh, I
2: know. Dang. I had it in the box and everything. <laughs> wow, yeah. I didn't know that. That's interesting. Yeah.
0: Maybe Sagua videos wouldn't be as tricky to come by, but definitely like, Damn. yeah.
1: Like for pushes and all Bushes, that. Yes. Yeah, Bushes. well, I
2: I think they did a limited edition on everything anyway. Like it wasn't, it, they mm. were just sort of testing out the waters at that time. You know, I remember, I think they wanted to talk to me about doing a a, a voiced doll. You know, with like a pull a pulley kind of thing. And okay, yeah, yeah. It was very uh-huh. expensive. Like they they really they wanted to do it, but the negotiations were really nuts, and and like there was a lot of back and forth about it and then they were like well we'll just find a sound alike and you know it became kind of very money oriented i remember and i didn't really want to be involved in that and i think it all kind of fizzled out so i don't know i mean maybe i'm speaking out of school but i remember it being a little odd um and they said they would do it and then they didn't want to do it anymore i thought oh well i want to do it but you know never it never (laughs) happened but I yeah, like as far as I knew, there was there it was limited edition on the merch and, and stuff mm. like that. So sheesh, maybe I should look around. I wonder if I've still got my <laughs> my plushie. No idea.
4: <laughs>
2: well, I hope whoever has it can sell it on eBay and get a good uh, little profit margin for, off of it. Uh,
4: yeah.
0: Maybe for a slightly more reasonable price, but yeah, yeah. hey. Hopefully, yeah.
2: Send a pic of it. If you find mm. one, send me send me a picture.
0: <laughs> definitely, yeah. definitely. Because I think there were plushes made of Sagwa's siblings too.
2: Yeah, yeah. There were all of us. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they made a Fufu one. He was my favorite character. Oh, character. I siblings. love
0: Fufu. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: yeah. He, he was straight. voiced. I don't know if you ever had a chance to speak to the actor Rick Jones, but he uh, he's one of our... I would say that Rick Jones is probably... Our Canada's version of Mel Blanc. He's a okay. <laughs> he's a genius. He's the only actor I've ever met who could have a, a double conversation in his own mouth. Like he could do kind of like a a high pitched. I can't even do it. I can't emulate it. I don't even know how to produce a kind of sound that would make that make sense. But it was like a Donald Ducky kind of like in the back, and you could hear it kind of going. Rrr, rrr, rrr. And then he could speak out of the other part of his mouth and have like a back and forth conversation with wow,
0: him. Wow, that's yeah. crazy. My yeah. Gosh. yeah,
2: if you can find him, I think he uh, he's a bit of a recluse and he lives his life, but he's an incredible, incredible actor and an amazing teacher and colleague and a good friend. And yeah, he, he has voiced thousands of um, Canadian cartoon characters um, over the years. Terence Scammell too, they're wonderful. They would often work together. Anyway, nice so yeah he played fufu and
4: mm-hmm.
2: we laughed a lot i remember laughing a lot in the studio and and being kind of younger being kind of intimidated by everyone sort of thinking oh gosh i hope i don't blow this take because they would constantly be making me laugh
4: <laughs>
2: so yeah oh a gosh. lot of fun a lot of fun definitely
4: mm-hmm. yeah
0: definitely. Definitely.
2: Not I can met. ask you guys a question. Sure. <laughs> what to what, made, what made you want to start this podcast? Like, I want to know, you know, we had a little bit of back and forth online, but like, I really mm. love that you guys are doing this and I can see, you know, you have a collection of stuff in the background there. Oh, yeah. Chris, mm-hmm. and, Chris And does. Yeah. Like what are, what are all your backgrounds and what made you want to do this?
0: So Well, so I, so when I messaged you about the, um, Another good friend of ours who wants to get you on his podcast, uh, the DJ Bob Show. I was actually yes. a co-host on that podcast like okay. a couple years ago, so I had a, so I had kind of already had experience with doing podcasts, getting into this one, but okay, mm-hmm. yeah, but this one I think I do a little bit more than what I did for the DJ Bob Show. Okay, yeah, because I also edit, and you know. Uh, run the social medias and stuff
2: oh fantastic yeah but I mean I guess why cartoons you guys like why just things from your own childhoods that make you yeah, really pretty, happy? yeah yes. pretty much pretty
0: yeah pretty much
3: mm-hmm. yeah yes. pretty much yeah yeah yeah, yeah do, you,
2: do you study this in school or are you out of school like what do you like do you want to be in this industry I mean you kind of are in the industry already doing this podcast you're always <laughs> gathering people but like I, I don't know I love I love when people get in touch and I'm always curious about them. So
3: yeah, tell me more. Yeah. <laughs> I I, yeah. I didn't, I didn't start out with the podcast originally. I came in a couple of months after it started. Um, I started with the podcast about a year ago. Uh, it's, it's wonderful. It really is. Chris and Jakey have brought me on. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, it's just been wonderful ever since
2: great
4: yeah yeah
1: yeah and you know how i you know i'm the one you know the host of this so so basically how i how the podcast all started really of course long story short is you know i want to make a podcast you know just want to like talk about you know of course you know nostalgia that's why it's called jake's hyper nostalgia right but then you know i just want to talk about you know about you know how much you know how much you know you know grew up and all that and, you know become a you know, big part of my life and, you know mm-hmm. you know and we've been talking a lot of aspects of guests which is really wonderful for that mm-hmm. for this podcast so it's really wonderful for that we can do stuff like this so oh,
2: mm-hmm. i'm happy i'm happy that yeah i'm happy that people want to talk because that's the nicest part about the whole voice work industry i think it's small and it's weird and it's niche and i mean in the states it's way bigger but yeah everyone mm. is interested in the job you know i don't think i don't think anybody can do this job just kind of doing it i mean you know maybe you can get away with it but like for me you have to have the love for it you constantly have to have that mm. excitement and the imagination machine going and you gotta want to do it you know because yeah that, that's no, what happened
1: to me when, device, yeah. when, when i think about doing it you know so that's cool. all
2: sorry to put you guys on the spot I
4: just-
0: no no <laughs> no no,
1: no. Cool. no this is actually
3: a nice change of pace actually yeah go. of course yeah, yeah. thank you for that i
2: don't like Speaking all this attention
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> i like being behind the scenes
4: <laughs> yeah
3: there you go this <laughs> yeah what what else is actually 101 I think it's 101 yeah. Taping, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. taping wise yeah taping wise yeah this
2: one this one's 101
3: Hundred and
2: one. Mm. Yes. Awesome. That's good. I like that number. Yes. Yes. A one yes.
0: yes. hundred and one. One hundred and one. Good.
2: 101. good. Yes. Got a good shape. Yes. <laughs> got a good shape.
0: Yes. Yep.
2: Wonderful.
4: Yep.
3: So, how do I word this? Uh, uh- I, <laughs> I know the, the hard thing is wording this particular question. I know. Okay. I know. Fan. I know fans are going to want to. Wanted us to do this,
2: okay. But
3: wording it. But can we hear a bit of Fern and Sagwa's voices?
2: Ooh, so, <laughs> separately, <Wow>. of course. <laughs> sure. Um. Uh, okay. Let's see. Fern is um. Yeah, I would say this is sort of more Fern's zone. Very quiet, and has a bit of excitement when she talks about her her writing and her mysteries. <laughs> um yeah i would say this is this is pretty much fern what would would you guys say this is pretty much fern yeah yeah, so. yeah this sounds yeah. about fern yeah yeah <laughs> and um yeah i really miss my friends and i really love my books and uh i'm still writing poetry <laughs> and i don't know if i can get to the the Sagua place but uh gosh i know she was probably somewhere up around here, because she was young, right? She was a... Uh... God, <laughs> I haven't listened to any of the clips. If you guys had a clip, then maybe I could follow it. But uh, I think this is sort of where Sagwa lived. Now I'm worried that you're gonna ask me to do some of my other characters that were even higher <laughs> no. than
4: this. No. Like I
2: Whimsy's house before, and I don't know if I can even get to the- that level. No. I'm an no. old lady now.
3: <laughs> we'll we'll bring up Blimsey's house, but we're yeah. not going to ask you to do it. Yeah, that's that's yeah. kind of a i i, was, I, was, I was trying to think. Like, can she still that do Sagwa a thing?
2: I don't know. Is that like, Sagwa? I mean, Sagwa didn't really have a catchphrase, but she she was just constantly getting into trouble. I remember that. Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: But mm-hmm. I mean, she was a, she was a small cat and my my brother and sister character cats were even cuter and smaller voices um and neither I don't think either of them are actually doing any voice work anymore one of them I know for sure is not and and uh most of the other people on that show are still doing voice work but I think that my
0: yeah because some of the because some of the other Arthur people worked on that too
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Again, like, you know, as Danny Brochu said in a previous episode, we're a very small community here. Mm. Thankfully, it's Mm. getting bigger, though, now that, you know, we're all getting older and there are newer generations of people and I get to teach now and and do more directing. But yeah, Sagwa's a... (laughs) That's a a leap, guys. Thanks a lot. (laughs) 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 They didn't warm up this morning, so... (laughs) (laughs) tell the fans (laughs) I'm sorry I hope it's okay
3: (laughs) we're sorry we tried our best
2: thanks guys Uh, you know if you tried our best if you prepared me in advance maybe I would have been able to but I uh I if you know I think it's okay they'll probably have a lot to say about it but I don't know
3: (laughs) (laughs) I might I don't know
2: well tell them I apologize if uh, you know if they're mad
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh I doubt they'll they'll be mad I
2: can come back and and do a phone call and tell me what you want me to say and I'll practice (laughs) in the proper (laughs) in the proper Sagwa voice
1: (laughs) (laughs) so over the years you know I I know you did kind of touch base a little bit earlier but over the years Arthur and Sagwa have won and were nominated for numerous numerous Awards. How does Mm -hmm. it feel to you that, you know, those shows to be, you know, so successful?
2: It feels great. You know, I mean, it's, it's like I said, it's a strange job. I live in, Mm -hmm. in a far away kind of cold, weird little town. And, and like I said, you know, we're mostly a French speaking province and I get to work in my mother tongue, which is English. And, you know, I'm, I'm a bilingual person and it's a very it's a lucky life that I have. And so I think it's just really special that we have this little enclave of English voice actors here that can kind of span Canada and the States and, and we can be known and recognized for this work. But, you know, I, 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 like I said earlier, like I, I, I made a joke about it, but I'm not really about spotlight. I'm not not very good at social media you know this is not why i do this work like i i'm super happy to do work and to get called to do work but i um i don't know i i it's intimidating it's i mean and it's great i these shows deserve this kind of recognition you know they're oh, yeah. incredible mm. the art is gorgeous the stories are vital and important and you know I'm, I'm very, very grateful that I was given the opportunity to work on these shows. And yeah, it's, I don't know a lot of people in my friend circle that, you know, that can say like, yeah, we've got, I've got some Emmys in my closet, some Emmy certificates, you know, it's a really cool, it's a really cool thing. So, you know, just yeah. grateful, just grateful. And it was not what I expected as a child. And it's, but it's not the goal either, you know, I just want to make good work that people are happy with that can affect people like you guys and make you happy and and give people inspiration to, you know, live their best lives or also maybe want to get into voice work or do something adjacent to the voice work industry or, you know, like, I, I really think this is such a strange realm to be able to make a living in, so... It feels yeah. great. It feels it feels great, but it's kind of baffling too. I'm kind of like, wow, who knew? Yeah. You know?
0: <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. And uh, with with Arthur and Sago, you know, they taught a lot of, you know, different things too. I mean, Sago, of course taught a bit about, you know, China and mm-hmm. Arthur, you know, dealt with some pretty serious topics too.
2: Yeah. 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 Bullying, all yeah. kinds of stuff.
0: Or the episode where uh, M- Mrs. McGrady uh, had cancer, right? Yeah, so right. some very serious things that not a lot of cartoons or really uh, kids shows in Andy general shows. would deal with. No, Andy that's shows, it. Really,
2: and I think that's the nice thing. Like these kinds of shows, I think they had such longevity because you know, not that all cartoons are this way, I'm not saying right. this, but some cartoons can be pretty two dimensional um, yeah. in terms of their messaging. And, you know, some some are just, they're very limited in their scope, but these shows didn't condescend to children. You know, children are deeply important um, members of society. And I think often they're overlooked, you know? And so I like a lot of people who grew up with Arthur yeah, I, I have a lot of people that have come up to me over the years and said to me, you know, yeah, I learned so much from that show and it was like my companion, you know, these guys oh. were my friends too. And I'm glad people felt that way, you know, and I'm glad it really impacted people positively because we're living in a pretty uh, intense time in the world as it ch- shifts and morphs. So yeah, it's great that we have this little nugget of time well, 25 years worth of shows. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. For Arthur, at least I was always sad mm. that Sagwa didn't get to continue uh, into more seasons, but uh, yeah, it's a real privilege, you know, I, I'm just a weirdo doing voices in the dark, I'm just <laughs> like, so who, I didn't know it would have this kind of scope and impact on people.
3: Definitely. Yeah, definitely. So we had brought this up earlier. You also worked on a puppet show called Whimsy's House, providing providing the role of Lulu. Now, even though it was still voiceover, what was it like working on the show with a different style than most of the work you've done?
2: That was a really wacky show to work on. Uh, It was all puppets, and it was very, very special working on that show. Um, because it was a a Quebecois show and, and originally in French. So it was, it felt very homemade and homegrown, um, Montreal specific. Again, worked with a lot of the same people who I worked with on Arthur. At that time, there weren't a lot of people who knew how to do dubbing. And it was a dubbed show, uh, from French into English. I remember feeling, um... Again, a little not. I mean, I don't want to make it sound bad, but it was overwhelming. It was a lot of work, and Luna was like way up here. <laughs> I can't even <laughs> really do it. But I, I was sixteen at the time, so my mm-hmm. voice was right. very fresh and very uh, yeah flexible. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of like wide-eyed, like Ha-ha-ha-ha-ha! a lot of like dopey kind of characterization. Mm again we would laugh a lot and there was always a song to do in every episode mm-hmm. so i learned a lot from my colleagues because we would often have to work in the same space together and at the time the studio was very small so mm-hmm. it was pre covid it was pre everything so you know sometimes we would be the director and three or four actors plus the engineer we were all in the same room with no divider between us. So I had to learn how to be very quiet and I had to learn how to be um, very technically proficient and very quick because we had a lot to get through in those sessions, but it was wonderful because we felt like we were doing kind of Henson-esque sort of puppet show, which was really special as well. Um, Mm -hmm. That's always been a dream, you know, to work for the Jim Henson company or something like that. So yeah, getting to do Whimsy's house was the closest that I've gotten. And it was uh it was really fun. It was really, really fun. We laughed a lot. Those characters were very um again, it was like an educational show, but it had more of a yeah. hyperactive kind of yeah. tone to it. Uh-huh. So you Good. guys watched that show?
0: <laughs> a, a little bit. I think yeah. a little bit. Might have been a little before my
1: time. Yeah. It yeah, was also I,
2: for much younger so kids, right? Like it. Was, yeah, and,
1: and I was yeah. born two thousand awesome four, so I'm so I'm, I wasn't growing up watching that show because I
0: was two thousand. It might have been on for maybe like a couple more years, but I don't think yeah, it was I on was for that much longer. I
1: was I was I was also two
3: thousand, so it might okay. have been on a little bit.
2: Yeah, see, it was done in the nineties, and again, like it's interesting to know you guys are in the states. We. There's not, there wasn't transparency like there is now or there wasn't like a searchable quality. Like we didn't have the internet. We couldn't just like stream it or download it or, you know, right. it. like we would often do shows. And I, I mean, there are still hundreds of shows of mine that I've been on that I've never seen because I don't know where they aired. We never knew where they would go. Um, and so it's very easy to lose track of many, many, many of these shows. Like I still... The, you know, there are some I can't even tell you, I, I'm ashamed to say. Like, I, And it's, it's it's the fans who have been collecting uh, the data and amassing, the you know, connecting all the dots and saying, like, oh, you did this, you did this. And sometimes I'm like, oh, yeah, I did that. Did you see that? <laughs> because <laughs> I don't know where they did that.
4: <laughs>
2: I remember once I went to Singapore and I turned on the television and there was a show that I had done a voice on and I had never seen it because it was ma- made to be shipped to you know, Asian countries and uh, never to be seen in Canada. So I was like, totally taken aback that they're. Wow! Yeah, I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> that's where it went. You know. So. Um, oh, that's yeah. where
1: it, that's where it is.
2: Exactly, and so it's interesting to hear from from you guys. Like, what did you watch? What did you have access to? Because things would have been in syndication. Things would have come at different times. Um, mm-hmm. And now there's all sorts of streamer channels. So I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. maybe some many channels is now <laughs> yeah yeah
0: yeah so now and people can say whatever they want about this show but i did grow <laughs> but we all i'm sure grew up with it but you also voiced various characters on the show caillou mm. can you talk a bit about that
2: sure yeah i mean i i yeah i voiced the babysitter on the caillou cartoon and then there was another iteration of the show where they spliced it together with um, puppet work.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right. So yeah. I played mm-hmm. uh, but, um... I
2: played a little squirrel. Yeah,
1: yeah, 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 which, oh, which, yeah. Which, which is Dee Dee. Yes. Dee-dee. Yes. Dee-dee. yes,
2: that's right. And she was a sort of similar, like Lulu, like very hyperactive,
1: very squirrel. Yeah. Um... <laughs>
2: it was, just kind,
1: of, it was just kind of funny Um, because previously we actually, we actually previously interviewed Tim Gosley, who Going to the puppeteering for D.D.
2: Oh, fantastic. Oh, well, yeah. it was a real joy to work on that part of the show. Obviously, it was a joy yeah. to work on Caillou as well, but I... Right. You know, it was it was also pretty tragic uh here in Montreal because we we did lose uh, the original voice actress. Yeah
0: that's, right, then, yeah. that's right. Yeah.
2: Um and she was a good friend and and kind of little sister to many of us, myself included.
1: Aww. So
2: that was quite dramatizing, you know. It was a terrible yeah. terrible time and and so that show has always been a little bit tainted, you know, with that memory. But again, like it lived on and there were new actors doing Caillou, and that was always very nice. And and I'm glad that we can still have Jacqueline's voice for everybody to hear. I know that it's a bit of a controversial show in that people find Caillou kind of annoying as a character. So well, I've well, seen especially oh
1: well, especially you compare, you know, the first seasons and then to the last seasons, so you know, Caillou. Yeah.
2: Right. <laughs> right. But you know, I played the babysitter. So mostly I was just there to be like a guiding figure, and I was always happy to do that. I I played a lot of babysitters over the years. Yeah. Um, But I loved playing Didi the squirrel. I found that very um, amusing, and I got to work with uh, one uh, actor in particular, um, Pierre Cole or Pierre Paquette. He went by two names for a long time here in uh, in Quebec because he works in French and English. Mm So yeah, working with him was a joy, and uh, I was—I mean, I, my imagination is always sparked when the characters are so adorable too. You know, like it's—it's it's nice to play the babysitter and be like the kind of voice mm-hmm. of reason. But yeah, which on My my jam is more like give me the cute fluffy thing. <laughs> I wanna, <laughs> I wanna voice that. I wanna voice uh, cute characters, <laughs> and I'm lucky. Yeah, yeah, I've been like, able to voice like,
1: like you know, like D for for example.
2: Yeah, like yeah. D. Dee Dee, I played a, a very adorable little zebra hybrid elephant in a cartoon called Zafari a few years ago, which mm. was also really a lot of fun. And yeah. Um, yeah.
1: yeah. And you also won um, the kayak and cow, kayak, the, the, the singers. In those. Yeah, Kayettes. That's
0: Kayettes. That's the Actually, sing- which we talked to Danny Brochu about too, because he was another one of them.
2: That's right. Yeah. yeah. No, we got to do, we got to do a lot of singing back in those days. It was yeah. Uh, yeah. It was fun. I mean, it was really special to be able to use all the things I loved doing, singing and acting and being silly. It was a real joy to get to do that.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, you know, people can say what they want about Caillou, but it is it is (laughs) it is it is nostalgic. And yeah. And they did they did bring it back for a little bit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's on Cartonito. Cartonito, yeah. Yeah. Mm
2: Cartonito? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. it's a kids show, and sometimes yeah. kids are annoying, and that's sort of the point, you know. You gotta. Yeah. That's it's know. a kids show.
1: You know, there's gonna be some care- care that's gonna be like that. So that's right.
2: Yeah. So, and, pe- you know. so
1: people, what are you, what are you thinking? <laughs>
4: <Yeah>. But it, <laughs> so, and, and it was on for reality. a long time
0: too. Yeah. In fact, I think it yeah, had PBS. only. I think they just like three years ago finally like pulled the plug on it from for I PBS. Think so like, yeah,
1: because of. Because so, parents thinking about Caillou. I think it's also, I think
0: PBS just might have lost the rights to it. Oh, I
4: think so. Most, probably, mostly, right. yeah. Yeah,
1: and probably, mostly. because Yeah, you know, and probably because, you know, Caillou's been you know, and for probably a long time that I just, yeah, they probably, probably wanted to make to way that. for newer for shows. For new shows.
2: Yeah, there's, yeah, and I mean, Which I love, happens. that's it. That's important too. You yeah. know, it's, uh, yeah. There uh-huh. are other stories that need to be told and there are other perspectives that need to be out there so
0: yeah yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah, but with arthur i'm i know they've mentioned arthur's definitely going to be still airing for a long time
2: yeah yeah Yeah. Um, which is amazing podcast is great and yeah there's there's still yeah they're still present they're still yeah
0: um, there's still arthur out there just not in the same way that it was for many years
2: exactly yeah Yeah. but we evolve you know that's the beauty of, Mm -hmm. of the world now and technology now and internet now and uh it's amazing. I'm very grateful to get to think about this time because, I, you know, it's quite a long time ago for me now and I feel like a big grown up. and it's uh, it's special to be able to try to go through the file facts of my memories, which is a little dusty. <laughs> um, yeah. Very nice to be able to talk about that time in my life. It, it was uh, a real learning uh, time uh, and I grew a lot.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I- so, <laughs> So some other anime series you worked on were, you know, what's, what's that? What's with Andy and Ma the Vampire? What, what, what was it like you know, to do, to do those shows?
2: Those were fun too. You know, I, I didn't have a lot of, uh, episodes on either of those. I, I mean, what's with Andy for sure. There was more playing Terry was really fun. Um, and yeah, Mona, the vampire, mostly it was like little tiny parts. And then Belinda, again, the babysitter. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you know, it was all, Dude, it was wow, a they had
1: lots of nice, babysitters for a lot of babysitters.
2: Sure. I had that like nice babysitter <laughs> voice and I did do a lot of babysitting. So I guess uh, art was imitating life <laughs>
4: <laughs>
2: again, very, very fun. I felt very lucky, um, and it was always nice to get to see how far they went you know people really loved Mm -hmm. what's with andy um that was for a company cine group uh that doesn't really exist anymore that show um there was a big there were a lot of changes in the montreal voice scene um in the 2000s as well so like there was a lot of shifting and morphing and then A lot of the work dried up because there was some scandals that happened here. So it was, Mm -hmm. uh, it was an interesting time. Like that was in the before time, you know, when there was a ton of work happening and Mm -hmm. I was working almost Mm -hmm. every day after school, I was, you know, high school, university, and I was just going to jobs and yeah, it was, it was part of a a whole other life, (laughs) but yeah, lots of fun. I mean, I just, a lot of the things I remember, or, or that we laughed a lot, you know, we would really just have a good time being goofy. <laughs> and that was really fun yeah. to, to get to do. Definitely. Mm-hmm.
3: So in, adi- in addition to voicing for animated series, you've also voiced some characters in some various video games, mm-hmm. including some for the Assassin's Creed series. Yes. Oh wow! What's it like getting to work in video games for voices?
2: pretty cool i have to say um i'm you know not a huge gamer myself but i me neither i used to be yeah yeah
1: um, no, no, me too no. but no, no
2: i mean that's the way it's the new sort of the new thing and because montreal um has the ubisoft kind of headquarters here that was also something that was happening at the time you know i i did start working at ubisoft quite a long time ago when they were a fledgling company one of i found a pay stub a couple years ago from 1999 um so it it, i evolved with them and uh again like that's fun work too you know because i get i've gotten to do little kids voices i've gotten to learn certain languages i've gotten to do very specific kind of research for parts um I've gotten to do lots of action kind of characters that I never would necessarily do um, in animation. I was always doing more like young fairies and, right, and yeah. cute things. And then mm. in these games, I, I got to actually be, you know a, a woman, <laughs> a grown <laughs> woman or a fighter or, you know, speak Greek, speak ancient Greek. Um, so, yeah, it's been very special to get to work uh, for, for the Ubisoft franchises. Um,
0: oh, yes. They make some pre- they make some really good games.
2: Yeah. I mm-hmm. mean, they, yeah. Make, they make a lot of good games. There's a reason that they're still doing a ton of stuff, you know? Oh, yeah. I really love these games, and I, I realize that more and more the more I do. I'm very lucky, too, because now I get to do voice directing uh, for Ubisoft on various games, which is really fun. I get to sort of put all my knowledge and nerding out into practice for other people I can I help I coach people through sessions and I it's always very exciting to get to help people and and listen to people and get inspired by what they're doing on these games too so yeah overall it's just been a wonderful wonderful experience to get to work with them
0: yeah i was just speaking of uh vocal coaching i was i was going to ask like how did that kind of come into play
2: that started I think it was just the virtue of the fact that I was known in Montreal as, as someone Mm -hmm. who had a lot of experience and I like sharing my knowledge and, you know, people started asking me for help with their auditions and for help with their demos. And um, yeah, like, I think, I mean, I started the website during the pandemic just because I was getting, more and more emails and, and curiosity about it. So I, um, I started my website to just sort of offer a space for coaching options. But again, like that's just me being a kind of nerd and knowing a lot about this industry and about how to manipulate the voice and, and what sounds good and how to kind of find the essential part of someone's uh, voice and how to make characters out of their voice um, and I i don't know I really like I like engaging with people I like community and I like being a teacher you know I used to teach dance and I, I don't know I think it's just nice to be able to share what I've learned in 35 plus years of being in this <laughs> industry and I want people to you know understand what it is that it's not a given there's no guarantee that you'll you know, you'll get a job, but if you love it and you're passionate about it, you know, I can help get you there in terms of what sounds good. And yeah, it's it's just been very nice to be able to get to do that as well. Yeah. Which goes hand in hand with the voice directing as well. Like it's, Mm -hmm. I was very lucky to work with so many incredible voice directors and it's such a specific kind of direction. I mean, I've worked with film and television directors too, and they're wonderful too. And that's a whole other genre and a whole other realm. And I always try to observe, you know, what works and what doesn't work. But, you know, I, I, did, I did learn in a time when people were maybe less sensitive to the needs of younger people. Like I said, you know, I loved working when I was a kid, but they worked us hard <laughs> as kids. And now I feel lucky that I can kind of uh, give better resources to people Um, and teach in a way that maybe would have been nice to have access to when I was little and and didn't always have that. So like, I kind of want to be like the mama bear of voice directing and and (laughs) voice acting. (laughs) My little cat just jumped up on my chair. So she's here with us now.
4: (laughs) Oh,
1: what's her name?
2: Her name's May and I have brothers in the other room, but he's a scaredy cat. So he won't come in.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) that's kind of funny they they have a cavity when, when, when you literally voice a cat <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> i love cats. yeah no i've always they've always been part of my life kitty cats so i wonder if yes both, both
0: with that's voiceover good. Good. and in real
1: life uh, uh, little
2: uh, yeah hi coffee may, may. when you say hi oh there she is she's like <laughs> what are <laughs> you doing mummy what are, you <laughs> what are you doing?
1: What are you doing? What are you doing? Why are, 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 are you talking to all these people? Right? Who are these man. weirdos you're talking to?
3: She's a
2: very shy girl. She's like, ah, don't put me on the TV. Don't put me on the internet, mom. I don't wanna. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, oh, man. I
3: oh, mean, so you probably know, we did mention the sagua plush earlier. Yeah. Yes, but do you have but do you have any memorabilia or anything from the projects that you've worked on that you want to show or just talk about?
2: I mean, to be quite honest, there hasn't been a lot of merchandise that has been given out. I do have um, I've received some Arthur sweatshirts over the years. I don't have oh, any cool. that handy, but you know, That's
4: fine. Nice.
2: yeah it wasn't about the merch like we never right. no. you know sometimes we would see it but uh full disclosure i i went to fao schwartz in new york city and bought that sagua plushie myself
4: <laughs> oh, oh wow
0: no. yeah,
2: yeah yeah like it wasn't yeah. that wasn't that wasn't the priority at the time
0: right i mean it's Our not like with live action with us, it,
2: but, it's it's mm-hmm.
0: not like with live action shows because sometimes you'll see interviews with live with people who do like on screen acting and they'll say oh i got to take this from set or i got to keep this yeah yeah yeah. and i I mean i've been given merch
2: from other projects and stuff but it it's that's definitely not been the focus i would say now though Hmm. you know like those little pop pop funko dolls like if ever the issue of a sagwa or arthur characters i'm what i'd be all over that
0: oh yeah they (laughs) should do that with more of the arthur characters they should do that Uh, i'm surprised they haven't already yeah Talk to Mark
2: Brown, ask <laughs> I,
1: I, Mark Brown. Mark. Right, why aren't too. there
2: pop funkos? Okay, now maybe right. Pre- we're late. gonna do yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, no, I don't I don't have a lot of the merch, you know, like because there wasn't a lot of the merch. And no, there, again, there again we're talking 20 years ago, so I, <laughs> I didn't want to hoard a lot of stuff. I uh I, no. I try not to keep too much stuff over the years, but right. I you know, I the last little piece of merch I got was um for the Safari cartoon that we did. But I actually don't know if that ever aired. I think it may have aired in various other countries, but it, it was supposed to air in the States. And then I think they just sort of put it up on YouTube. I think it aired in the UK. Um, okay.
0: Huh. that was a fun
2: cartoon that we did kind of in the last five years but yeah I don't have a lot of merch guys geez i'm like <laughs> pretty boring
0: <laughs> no no no
4: no no
3: as you said there was very limited sagwa merch anyway yeah so
0: right yeah yeah, yeah. so o- overall what are what are some things you'd say you enjoy most about you know being a voice actress
2: I love uh getting to laugh getting to be a big goofball. Um, I love getting to spark up my imagination and put myself into, you know, a totally different character's kind of voice and life and shoes. I, I, and I love sharing. I love the sense of community that I get from it. And I I think that, you know, the voice is such a specific tool obviously it's kind of a silly thing to say, but our voice comes from inside our body. Like it's a very intimate thing, you know? Mm. And so the fact that people respond so much to cartoon and voice work, um, that's not nothing. That's that's something universal, you know? That's something that we all kind of tap into. So it's very nice to be able to use mine and have people enjoy it and uh, have it be meaningful for so many people over so many years that's the see again i don't have one favorite thing i have a multitude of favorite things
4: right and that's fine. yeah 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 mm-hmm. yeah so yeah it's it's, it's a it's a
2: connection i love the connection of it all
3: yes absolutely Definitely. yes so we've talked a lot about your work in the past can you mm. share any projects you're currently working on
2: Well, like I said, I'm doing a lot of voice direction uh, for Ubisoft. Unfortunately, it's all under non-disclosure agreements. So I'm working on on various projects um, and various dubbing projects. Uh, under the Netflix banner a lot of the time, but again, I'm not really allowed to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I am working on a lot of dubbing. There's been a lot more dubbing uh, work that has come uh, from the pandemic time because people were trapped at home, you know, watching content. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, like I I would say that it's sort of 50-50 now, my own voice work where I do the acting portion and then where I get to do the directing and that has been really special to be able to sit in the in the director's chair and and guide younger people who have, you know less experience. And again, like I'm really lucky because I was trained in a time where there was tons of work. Um, and now actors coming up in this world, with the pandemic, you know, you can't just sit in the studio and watch other actors do their thing. It's very stringent. There are a lot of rules you got to. So I like to try to give as much information as possible um, in a short amount of time. And I try to be really efficient with the way that I give out that information. And Mm -hmm. it's a, it's a privilege, you know, it's a privilege to get to be sitting and watching a whole new generation of actors. And now there are a lot more people who know how to dub and, and it's, it's nice to be able to share my weird little niche talent with with people. <laughs>
4: yeah. So yeah, mm-hmm. I can't
2: really talk <laughs> about anything. I mean, there were there were more recent animated things that I that I did, like a cartoon called Tune Marty. I think that's on YouTube as well. You can find it. And Zafar, I like it, I yeah. said, hmm. um, yeah, there hasn't been a lot a lot of animation happening in Montreal, but I'm sure things will come down the pipeline. In the meantime, I'm just uh, busy doing like I said, dubbing and voice direction for dubbing and for video. Nice. Very nice. Awesome.
4: So
1: so as a voice actress, what are some of the biggest challenges you say that you faced during your career?
2: Well, uh, it's a kind of, uh, there are no guarantees in this industry. So a lot of the time, (laughs) you know, finding the work has been a, a big challenge and there's always an ebb and flow and there's no, guarantee that just because you do something that's really big that there will be a uh, consistent work you know Arthur and Sagwa were incredible popular shows but there were many periods in my life where I really didn't have any work you know I I got other jobs I got like I worked at cafes I worked as a waitress I did all kinds of other things like a real like a real actor you know my the job is not a given and also vocal health You know, in video games, there's a lot of screaming and uh, I'm very lucky to be part of the union ACTRA here in Canada, um, which is similar to SAG-AFTRA, but uh, ACTRA Montreal was one of the first uh, offices to really start um, enforcing and encouraging um, vocal safety for voice actors um, because, you know, you hear stories. I think Hugh Jackman just came out recently talking about how doing the voice of Wolverine really damaged his vocal cords. And so there's like, there's a, that's a real thing, you know, like I made a joke about not being warmed up earlier and not being able to do like a little high pitch voice, but that's real, you know, some people (laughs) can actually injure themselves. And so those are some of the pitfalls, (laughs) you know, the work dries up and maybe your voice cacks out and you, you can't really produce sound, but you know, we, we all learn, over the years, you know, how to take care of ourselves, lots of water and exercises and there are things, but yeah, those are, those are challenges. Um, I think that that's the main, you know, there's other issues with, you know, diversity as we've seen on certain big shows, like Big Mouth, you know, like Mm
4: -hmm. in
2: the past, like, I just, I just think that there's room now for way more diversity. And I, I make a point of trying to step Away, you know, if there's ever and you, like, you know what I mean? Like, there's, there, I've voiced characters that are black characters, and now I wouldn't voice those characters. I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't feel comfortable. I would want people mm-hmm. to be able to have a shot at it because I've had a big shot at doing a lot of stuff. Right, so, it
0: gives some like new talent a chance to absolutely you know, kind of yeah. step
2: in. That's yeah. vitally important um,
4: uh,
0: for sure. I know, mm-hmm.
2: I'm I'm grateful that the world is changing more and more, but. Oh yeah. Um, that, you know, and I say that just as a side, like it's been challenging for the whole vocal industry to kind of wrap their heads around it. But for me, it's always like, yes, of course, this is what we must do. So um, Definitely. you know, that's just been something interesting that's cropped up. But yeah, challenge wise, like there's no guarantee in this industry. And you can't assume that right. you're gonna get a job. <laughs>
4: Yeah,
0: right. it's show business. Uh, yeah, it's
2: show business, and it changes. Showbiz, exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. showbiz is a tough, tough industry. You have to have a really strong um, will <laughs> to keep going in it. Sometimes, but
0: mm-hmm. yeah. So, what? So, for any um, people who want to get into the voiceover field, what? What would? Uh, what's the biggest piece of advice that you would give to someone who wants to get into that?
2: Uh, get really informed on what the industry in your area is like. And get really serious about what your reasons are for doing it,
0: yeah, because you, you don't want to do it just to do it. you want to do it if you have like a legitimate passion for it.
2: You have to have a passion for it because it's just because someone's good at it doesn't mean they're gonna get a job, you know, and right. in the bigger in the bigger yeah. cities in the bigger ports of industry, you know, like there's thousands and thousands of people in big cities who want to do what you're doing, so yeah, you gotta get really clear on why you want to do it. If you want to be a star, you can't, you can't go and do it like that. with that uh, pushing you. You have to really, yeah, you have to be knowledgeable. You have to have a drive. You have to have a respect for it. And you have to understand that there's heart and reality behind animation. People, I think don't think just because it's a cartoon, they think, Oh, it's easy or, Oh, it's just it's silly. It's just silly voices, but you know, there's an authenticity to playing an animated character. And it is the same, same kind of thing if you were doing a live action film with a camera right in your face. Like there's a reality. And that's what I mean when you know we talk about like the intimacy from the voice. Like,
4: mm-hmm.
2: yeah, Dee Dee's a squirrel puppet, but she's got a big heart. And, you know, she wants, she has a lot of stuff to say. And you believe that you're Dee Dee the squirrel puppet, you believe that you're uh, Fern Walters, you, you infuse it with life and humanity. Um, and I think some people just think that if they can imitate certain voices or th- that they have like a nice voice, sure. I mean, you might be able to get somewhere. It's A lot of it is luck. A lot of it is who you know, unfortunately, you know, I, I don't know what I would have done if I didn't have parents in the industry. I don't know if I would have gotten onto the same track. I know I would have had a passion for singing and music and and acting, but I don't know what my life would have looked at like without that kind of push of privilege. So, you know, get informed, get in touch with people in the industry, talk to people um, and make sure you know why you're doing it because it's a hard, hard road. You know, I've had $0 in my bank account sometimes. It's not a given right so there's no there's no guarantee in show business definitely so it's a bit sobering yeah. <laughs> even in cartoons you know but if you have a love for it there's always a way there's always a path and uh mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah i would say that's sort of the advice that i would have definitely know, know your wise your yes why.
3: first yep. great advice great advice so are there any words you'd like to say to those watching or listening who have supported your work over the years?
2: Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. And <laughs> I love you. And I love that these, these funny little moments in time have meaning for so many people because they were very meaningful for me and yeah, just keep watching and and keep encouraging cartoons to be made and produced. Um, fight AI <laughs> <laughs> we want humans doing this right step. yeah we want yeah. actual humans doing yeah. this work
0: <laughs> the whole AI yeah. thing's just it's yeah. pretty so, scary yeah you know yeah. we're
2: we're not uh there's no again I don't know there's no guarantees in this world in this new um, evolving yeah. techno mm-hmm. world but I think that overall people want humans behind uh, their favorite characters so
4: absolutely
2: i think we have a long way to go before we are actually replaced
4: oh yeah i think <laughs> so So you know but uh, so. but
2: you know maybe that's a controversial thing to say but i i uh yeah i don't think a, i don't think a robot can really replace some some element of the human intimate connectivity of a of a voice coming from a human
4: <laughs> <laughs> at least actually. i hope not
2: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all very much for this. It was really, really nice to get to speak to you, and I hope. Of course, yeah, yeah. Hope I didn't disappoint too many people with no. Uh, uh, No no
1: worries, not at all. No No, no worries. I, I, I can still hear sagwa So. He's
2: in there somewhere. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and and um, if people want to connect with you, where can people find you?
2: It can find me through the website, hollygf.com. Uh, I do I do have a private Instagram, but I'm not very uh, accessible that way. I tend to, you know, if, if you want to write me an email, use your better judgment. I can't always respond, but... Um, All right, because
0: I'm sure you get, like, tons. <laughs>
2: <laughs> not tons not tons and tons you know but i i use it for personal like i use it for business and i mm-hmm. i have a busy schedule so i can't always get in touch right away but it's right. it's definitely nice to hear from people who who have appreciated the work in the past yeah so nice find me yeah. around on the internet
4: nice link
0: link to your website will be in the description down below and yes. to yep. and to kind of uh end this off so we ask this uh question at the end with all of our guests um so of course this podcast is called jake's happy nostalgia show in your own words when you think of nostalgia what do you think of or how would you define the word nostalgia
2: i think anything that makes you feel warm and fuzzy and comforted and connected to uh to whatever makes you feel good that's how I can yeah. describe nostalgia. I mean, you know, some people say there's a sadness to it, but I just think it's the warm, fuzzy feeling of having an old friend to kind no, of come yeah. back to.
1: Definitely. I'm yes. glad
2: I can be your old friend.
1: Oh, <laughs> oh, well thank you. Thank you. And same and same I'm for, for, thank you yes, yes. yes. well yes. this this
0: has been an absolute blast talking to you Holly. yes Very yes nice yes yes, a blast. And, and, and,
1: yes thank and thank you. you yes yes and thank you so much you know for what you've done and be a part of our lives and keep up the <laughs> great work and see what's next for you
2: thank you yes, well yeah yes, i'll be sure to post it and do keep me posted when this airs and i'll put it on my instagram page
1: yes and i'm glad that we can say is. that we are your friend now so yes Yay. of course <laughs> yes of course. you guys find
2: me for sure it's holly gf it's you know chris you have me on instagram mm. but
1: yeah but I, I think i did already follow you, you did. On you're following yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah i'm, y-
2: very y- yeah, bad yeah, I'm not yeah. yet i don't yeah, think i am yeah, yeah, yet, yet. Come yeah, on
1: Jay, over. The oh, I will. That I will. Yes.
2: Okay.
0: We'll on keep in. T- we'll keep in touch, Holly. Enjoy the rest yes. of your day.
4: Great. Thank you. so
2: much. Take, take yeah, care. Guys. Yes.
4: Yes.
0: Take well. care. You too. Have a
2: great take rest of your day. All. Thank all right. you. See
1: all right, you, Holly. See, see you, soon. Bye. <laughs> all
0: right, bye, Holly. Take care. Bye. Bye. See ya. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Oh man. What a joy that was! Holly's yes. great, and it's uh, goodbye from us as well. Goodbye from us. Yes. Yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and as always, remember to keep nostalgia alive, and we'll see you.
1: Yep. And hope y'all enjoyed this episode. Yes. And, and, and keep yeah. on watching more episodes, and you, you, you'll. Yes, a lot it. of
0: a lot of great ones to come, folks. Yes. yes so, yeah. Keep sure. your eyes out for yes. that. Yes. Yes. Keep your eyes out for that if you're on Spotify and those audio
3: platforms. Yes. What are you yes. Doing, just be glad. Just be glad you folks didn't see that there. Just be, if, <laughs> if you're listening on audio. Goodbye, folks. Keep Goodbye, folks. Alive. Remember to
0: keep nostalgia alive, and we'll yes. see, you next take, time. Take take see you next time. Okay, see you next time. Bye, bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to another wonderful Jake's Happy Nostalgia Show interview. Be sure to follow Jake and the crew on social media and stream the show wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And as always, remember to keep nostalgia alive. Bye, bye.